0: Okay. <clears throat> this message was born on Tuesday. Now, on Tuesday, there was uh, a prayer meeting going on. Helen and I didn't attend. We were here doing a uh, running a Bible study, but there was a prayer meeting going on called a house of prayer. <coughs> and the church leadership and a few others were praying not for God to do something but to actually hear from God that excites me and I love hearing from God so after that prayer meeting that time of prayer I contacted the leadership and asked what it was that God was talking to us about. Because I feel if God has spoken to us, then it shouldn't just stay within that group of people, but the message needs to be shared. I want to share today the seven realities But that's not specifically what the Lord was saying to us. But the Lord is saying to us, be aware of the noise of the world. And don't be distracted by the noise of the world. It could be elections. It could be what some religion is up to. It could be earthquakes or things or bad news, things on the news, although those things are important to us, but don't allow them to be distraction from your Christian walk. Mm-hmm. And remember that it is Jesus that is in control. Mm-hmm. Despite what you see around, you can live with peace because we know that Jesus is in control. <clears throat> So I'll get to the Bible reading shortly, but first, I've got an introduction. As believers, we' are called to work to walk worthy of our calling. God's grace has elevated us to the position of Christian, and with that comes the responsibility of everyday life and the outworking of our calling. We must shut out the noise of the world. There are so many distractions, even things like end times, politics, bad news, earthquakes, floods, etc. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with understanding end times and and, and all of those areas. But don't allow them to consume you. Don't allow them to consume your relationship with God. We, we need to have a balanced Christian life. It's very important. The world is full of noisy distractions that can take our focus from the ultimate relationship. World domination, false religions, the fake church. There is a fake church out there, folks. <coughs> this is the church... That compromises the word of God. This is the church that adds to scriptures. This is the church that waters down the biblical message. This is the church that gives you enough of Christ to get you hooked. And then makes the compromise on biblical correctness of sexuality. There are churches around like that folks. And I call them the fake church. They get people interested. They get people coming along. And the message they preach is an unbiblical message from the Bible. They use the scriptures to preach an unbiblical message. And woe betide them. I wouldn't like to be in their shoes on judgment day. <clears throat> Beware of who you believe in. Folks, Jesus is the guiding light. He provides peace, provision and is held above all things. Jesus is majesty. Jesus is majesty. Be faithful in the small things and you will be rewarded. Question. How brave are you? Like... Can you allow God to strip away your old habits? It's a tough one. Can you allow God to replace old clothes with new ones? And I'm not talking about these clothes, but the garments that we're actually clothed with. Can you allow God to clothe you with new garments? The garments of righteousness, it's spoken about in Revelation, the garments of righteousness... And the garments of praise. And that's what we should be wearing. And don't allow the noise of the world to distract you. From all the things that God has for you. Has for us. Never stop worshipping God. Never stop worshipping God. Even in the midst of division. Or in the midst of unrest. Or in the midst of temptation. Or even in the midst of tragedy, never stop worshipping God. It's hard sometimes to find God in the midst of tragedy. But he's there. He's there. We must cultivate unity in the church, purity in our personal lives, harmony in our homes, and we must be stable in our combat with the powers of evil. And folks, the powers of evil are there. It's not like a myth. There are three aspects of heaven, if you like. There's the heavens, which is like the sky and the clouds. Then there's a second heaven, where you see the powers and the principalities. And then there's a third heaven, which is where God lives. And The powers of evil are alive and well. I could give you a number of testimonies um, about, and I'm sure you've got a heap of of your own, about how the powers of evil were, um, were combated when they came against you. I'd like you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. And I want to read the first 16 verses. (coughs) Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. Excuse me. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned a, a a, it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Verse 9, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach a unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their defeatful scheming instead speaking the truth in love we will all we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is christ from him the whole body joined together joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work I love that scripture. <coughs> and I love that script. And as, as I'm reading that scripture, I'm, I don't know, but I'm just reminded that the church is built, or the foundation of the church is built on the apostles and the prophets. And when Jesus went to the Mount Transfiguration, he was there. And I don't know if you remember who appeared with Jesus. But it was Moses and Elijah, the prophets, the two, these two guys representing the prophets. And along with Jesus was Peter, James and John, the apostles. And so right here you have on the mountain, you've got the apostles and the prophets and the the foundation of the church with the chief cornerstone, Jesus. Man, oh, I wish I had a been there, you know. Like It doesn't get any better than that And that is the foundation That we As individuals And part of The church God's Proper, true church We are Bricks in the wall If you like Built on that foundation Jesus is our plumb line and I could just go on and on about that but um, that is what the thought that came to me as I was reading this passage actually so um, foundations are important foundations are important and it's a great analogy and um, Pete and Lynn have just built a new house and, um, and we went and had a look through it the other week and If it didn't have a good foundation, then, you know, after a while the bricks will crack or, you know, tiles fall off the roof, whatever. It's the same with us because we need that foundation. And if we have a poor foundation in Christ, then we run the risk of being blown and tossed around by every wind of doctrine as it says here. Mm -hmm. And we don't want that. So, in verse 4, Paul talks about seven positive realities which form the basis of true Christian unity. Is this what we want? Yes, it is. We must put away our own petty personal whims and attitudes and work together in peace for the glory of God and for the common blessing. The common blessing. Right. One body. Paul begins his list of seven by referring to one body. This is like, I'm going to call it the universal church, not the fake church. Each and every believer is part of that one body and has a function within that body. The body of Christ, the church, began at the time, folks, of Pentecost. Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit came and the church was born. So, the church began at the time of Pentecost and will continue to grow, folks, until the rapture. This body crosses over denomination, sects and other groups which hinder the growth and working together and working together of the body to a certain extent. All man-made divisions will be done away with when our Saviour returns. Folks, we look forward to that day. We reckon "Mm, it's not too far off. (laughs) It is the Holy Spirit who baptises each and every believer into the body of Christ. I was listening to some Christian music the other day, well the other week and there's this song, I don't know even what it's called or who wrote it but in part of the song the um, the, the, the song says um, that uh, asks a question why Jesus is not sort of taken down the street or to the supermarket or represented in our community and then the author of the song goes on to say, it's because we don't take him there. We have Jesus within, but do we leave him at home sometimes? Or do we only take him as far as the letterbox? And then we go, oh, well, it's okay. I don't really feel like, you know. No, we need to take Jesus everywhere. And if we don't see Jesus represented in our town, It's our fault. It's our fault. Okay, one spirit. The second in this list is one spirit. The Holy Spirit who indwells the church and indwells every believer. We must make every effort to maintain and keep in the unity of the spirit. And if we read carefully the scriptures, we will understand the unity of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God in our lives. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three in one in unison. So when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have God in our lives. If we reject the Holy Spirit, the still small voice, then we are rejecting God and we leave ourselves open to be influenced by the noise of the world. The world is not the best influence we can have as Christians. It's not the best influence. One hope. The third in Paul's list is one hope every member of the church that is you and I are called to one destiny and that is to be with Christ that is our destiny to be with Christ folks when we die there are two places to go heaven or hell and the fire the fire. The Bible talks about the fire of hell the lake of fire and I've shared this before but when I was about 9 or 10 or something I had this dream and I was in a big long corridor and there were doors off each side and I opened a door and there was like a, a lake of like lava and the smell of the sulfur and there were people there cursing Jesus and they were Oh, it's horrible and I closed the door and I thought in, my, in in the dream I thought I wonder if heaven is on the other side of this corridor and I opened there no it was the same it was the same and then I woke up and God had shown me in that dream a vision of I don't know what a nine year old understands hell to be like and so I've since read the scriptures and it says at the end of the Bible that there are a few people that won't make it to heaven and it's the beast and the false prophet and the antichrist and people who don't receive Jesus Jesus is knocking and I tell you what eternity is a long time it's a long time there's a story in the gospels about that guy where was it he was somewhere in hell, and he asked for some water to go on his tongue, didn't he? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> and and I think he had. A, did he have a message? Can you go and tell me, me, brothers. me brothers and whatever? Yeah. It's real. Yeah. All right. So the one hope includes all that awaits the saints. At the return of the Lord Jesus and thereafter, they will be taken out of this world into the presence of Christ. This, folks, is the blessed hope, the one hope that we have that we will be taken from this world either through death or by rapture and we will be united with Christ. We are being prepared, we are the bride we are the bride and we must be prepared we must be ready the bride gets ready and and looks really schmicker on the day you know and so we must also be like that in our hearts ready to receive okay the fourth one in paul's list is one lord Um, which refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. His lordship over believers brings into existence the unity of the church. So his lordship over believers brings into existence the unity of the church. And even if there are other gods, foreign gods or foreign lords for the Christian, There is only one God. There is only one God. Don't be deceived by Eastern religions, cults or sects. Some say that Jesus and the devil were brothers and there's equal amount of good and bad. It's false. Jesus was never created. He's existed from eternity past to eternity future don't be deceived folks oh, where am I I've lost my place mm-hmm. even if there are other gods foreign gods or foreign lords or the Christ, for the Christian there is only one God one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things are and through whom we live I've got a question here. What other gods are there? None that are for us. None. Paul talks about one faith. This is the Christian faith. The body of doctrine. Once for all believers. uh, Once for all delivered to the saints. And preserved for us in the New Testament. Now, I'm not talking here. Oh, better bring it up. One faith. I'm not talking here about the faith we exercise as individuals or the faith that we have exercised as a church, but I'm talking about the faith. We are in the faith. We belong to the faith. Christianity, the faith that we belong to, the only real faith, folks, that has eternal blessings, eternal blessings. It is interesting that sometimes when people have a near-death experience, they talk of heaven or seeing Jesus. But how about this? I've never heard of anyone from another religion, sect or cult come back and say how nice it is. I've, I was, this struck me as I was putting the message together. I've never heard of I've only ever heard of Christians that come back and say, hey, I saw Jesus. Talk to Helen one day, she'll tell you of her experience. She died, she went to heaven, she spoke with Jesus and came back, have a chat to her one day. But I've never heard of anyone else from another religion, I've never heard of a Buddhist come back and say, hey, guess what, I saw Jesus. Never heard of it. It's only Christians. It shows you the reality of of. Of this, the Christian life. So, um, so, folks, Jesus is the only way. Don't be deceived. There is only one faith to belong to, yes. one baptism. Mm. The second last in Paul's list is one baptism. One baptism has. Uh, reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which, folks, is the real baptism. Ritual baptisms, ritual, sorry, ritual baptism is by water. Water baptism is a symbol of the real baptism of the Holy Spirit, by which believers are actually made. Okay, sorry, made one. There is one baptism by which converts confess their identification with Christ in death, burial, and resurrection. Mm. Folks, a splash doesn't cut the mustard. <laughs> it, doesn't, it is immersion because it, it symbolizes what we go through, we get immersed into the water, and we die, our old self dies, And the new self comes up out of the water, born again, born again. And that is exactly what happens when the Holy Spirit comes in. The the old is gone. The Holy Spirit comes in and we are new people. We are born again. And when Hannah gets baptized or when Hannah, Matt and, and Ben get baptized, they will come up out of that water. And the Holy Spirit they will be baptized in water, but they will also be baptized immersed into the Holy Spirit. imagine being immersed into the Holy Spirit is God. you know what I mean represents everything from the Godhead immersed into that wow it 's going to be a good day Hannah. It's going to be a good day. So there is one baptism by which converts confess their identification with Christ in death, burial and resurrection. The New Testament recognises one believer's baptism in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. By being baptised, disciples express allegiance to Christ, the burial of their old self and a determination to walk in A new life. The question is, for all of you that are here, that have been baptised, are you walking in your new life? Don't let the noise of the world be a distraction from everything that God has for you. We are told to live in the world, but you don't have to be a part of it. Alrighty. Nearly finished. So, one God. Paul has kept the best to last. One God. One God and father of all refers to God's fatherhood for believers. Since there is only one father, he is not the father of unbelievers. Sonship can come only through Christ Every child of God recognises one God and Father of all, the redeemed, who is above all. He is the supreme sovereign of the universe. Through all, he acts through all, using everything to accomplish his purposes. And he is in you all. He dwells in all believers and is present in. At all places, at one and the same time. Don't be deceived when people say that the devil can be everywhere. He can't. He can't. He's a created being and like us, can only be in one place at a time. Usually hell. All righty. We must cultivate the unity of the church, purity in our personal lives, harmony in our homes, and we must be stable in our combat with the spirits, with the powers of evil. Okay, conclusion. Believers are all one in Christ. Um, Galatians 3.28 is your reference there. But we must endeavour to make that spiritual unity a practical reality in our daily lives. Satan uses people who like to have their own way, the noise of the world. People who want their own way, the noise of the world. So we must put away our own petty personal whims and attitudes and work together in peace for the glory of God and for the common blessing. How can we do that? Praise God. Worship God. Reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Have the dream and live the dream. Have the vision and be the outworking of the vision. Have the revelation of the word and allow it to permeate your whole being. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and see the change that God will make in your life. Arise. Church, awaken church, take hold of the scriptures and open them. Don't keep your Bible like this. Open it and read something. Take it into into your being. Apply it. Jesus is the bridge between all of what the world offers and all that the kingdom of God offers. Jesus is the bridge. Take Jesus and leave the world and leave the noise of the world behind. Trust Jesus without borders. Fulfill your calling. As much as this list of seven shows us where we are and what we have in Christ, it also shows us that in our ministry of populating heaven, we're on the winning side. Jesus has already won the victory. He did that at the cross. He is, as we speak, winning the battles. We will yet win the war, or he will yet win the war through us. His universal praying, warring church, climaxed by his glorious second coming. Ladies and gentlemen, we must cultivate unity in the church, purity in our personal lives, and harmony, folks, In our homes, we must be stable in our combat with the powers of evil. We must shut out the noise of the world. This message is about your relationship with God, maintaining and developing it and accepting all of what God has done for you. All that the world can offer, or all the world can offer you, is some form of performance enhancement. Through the fake church. Believers don't need that. When we have one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism and one God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage, the revelation of this passage. And thank you for the message that you gave our church on Tuesday. Father, we've preached the message It lined up with the word. And Lord, help us to differentiate between what you have for us and what the noise of the world is tempting us to do. Let us be one in all of these areas, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you in Jesus name. Amen.